Hello and welcome to Recruiting in Hospitality from Cadre.com. I'm Lance Sartner Ryan as ever. And in each program, we invite top names from the world of hospitality to talk about matters affecting employers. So recruitment, development, retention, other matters that affect you and your teams. Um, as you know, or maybe you don't, um, but I hope you do. Cadre.com is a big supporter and sponsor of Be Inclusive Hospitality. Um, we've spoken to Lorraine Copes before. Here she is. Say hello, Lorraine. Say hello now. Hi. You're there. Good. Hello. Um, we're catching up with her today to talk about the results of the uh, annual report that they uh, they um, distribute. Um, we're also going to talk about um, their new award, Spotlight Award. So it's very exciting stuff. Thanks for joining me, Lorraine. No problem. Good to catch up again. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, it's been the, re the, the report, the Be Inclusive Hospitality Annual Report was released a few months ago. It was, yeah. Now, um, it shone a light really uh, on the state of the industry from the perspective of people of colour. Yeah. Why? I was going to ask you why this survey is important yeah. now. And this might seem like a you know, like a redundant question, but why is it important to do it annually? Yeah, it is. And I'll also just start by just correcting a point that people of all backgrounds and ethnicities complete the survey. What it's designed to be is capturing the current status quo within the industry. And the reason that it's conducted on an annual basis is because I believe that you ultimately um, measure what you manage right and uh, or is it manage what you measure whichever it is um yeah second one my hope is that year on year we see progress and improvements um based on the experiences and views that we are capturing and really importantly i think it's also really important and we've seen this happen over two the, the two-year period that we've run the survey is that we use insights to inform action. So that's whether to inform our own initiatives to support upward social mobility or to do work within the diversity and inclusion space. The more focused we can get on what the core problems are and how they're affecting people within the sector, the more, you know, the more focused we can get on what those solutions might look like. So it's important on a number of levels, but I, I just hugely feel that um, we can all broadly recognise as a problem but better understanding that problem from people within the industry is a really important part that I want to continue to, to play with the, the research. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about um, what results you've had and what you've what you discovered in this, this particular report. The report states that uh, black respondents uh, are more likely or most likely to report that ethnicity has hindered their career progression. And that comes down slightly with Asian and, and, and mixed respondents. Yeah. And they reported the same, but still the yeah. results are there. Yeah. Um, in contrast to that, mm. there are just 7% of white respondents who agree. Yeah. So in real terms, what are the knock-on effects from this? How does it affect the individual? Yeah. One. Yeah. But also the, the, the face of the industry as a whole. Yeah, of course. I mean... Ultimately, um, the knock-on effect for the face of the industry is pretty much where we are here and now, which is that people of colour over-index within the industry as a percentage representation, but they're not visible in senior positions or 
positions of influence, including the supply chain. And so um, the knock-on effect is lack of true diversity and inclusion. So diversity being the measure, but inclusion being representation and career progression. That's one. The second that I'm not in a position to measure, this is me speculating, is there comes a point where you attempt to progress your career within a particular company. And actually, you're more likely to leave if you don't access the career progression that you potentially work hard for, have the experience for, and should be able to access. So it will be leaving that company potentially self-employed, leaving the industry altogether. It could be one of any three of those. And as I say, we don't have the data to support which it is. But what we do know is that it can only have a negative impact on the industry if people who are high performers um, have the appropriate experience, attitude, but are not accessing their, uh, or not being able to develop their careers or businesses to the full potential off the back of bias and, and prejudice. Is there a way you could possibly investigate that? Well, you know, the thing is, um, surveys can be hugely impactful. But I guess on the flip side of that, our survey respondents are self-selected. So they decide to complete the uh, surveys independently. On one hand, our audience are definitely a, a type of person within in the industry. They're either affected by our you know ultimate game to accelerate change or they're interested or want to support drive change because of who we are as a business to get really prescriptive or to try and pinpoint that from those that do leave the industry or change employers or you know all the things that I've mentioned that is a possibility definitely to expand upon um, and actually we are excuse me, already in the process of talking about the report, the survey to go live in November, and we're currently in the process of um, seeking out partners, um, sort of data analytic reporting partners, so that we can, again, go bigger and better than we did last year. Um, and just, yeah, just evolve, improve the insights, because that's what it's about. It's, it's how we capture as much insights as possible that we can all use to drive change. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, how do how do people of colour get more support in their careers in hospitality? What what is there that can be done simply and straight away? Yeah, well, I think I think that the first thing that needs to happen is that there has to be recognition that there is is currently not an une, it's a currently an uneven playing field within the industry. I think that's the first thing that needs to be acknowledged. Once that's acknowledged, then businesses should put equitable initiatives in place that help to level the playing field, of which some employers are doing, such as looking at their development schemes, ensuring that there are representative members of their team on those development schemes to help them move forward to management or director level. I think that in the really short and immediate term, the one thing that all employers can do, and it doesn't cost them a thing, is to make it crystal clear of what's acceptable or not within their organisation, right? Because when we talk about career progression being hindered, this isn't invisible to anyone within the organisation if you are actually tracking, monitoring, measuring progress of your employees. So I would say that um, it absolutely is a long-term game. It, it really is in terms of getting clear on the fact that there's a problem, what it is that you want to achieve, and then putting all the building blocks in between to ensure that that's achieved. At the very start, it's acknowledging that 
and, and expressing really clearly that it's not acceptable. But then it's around how do you close that gap? And if you, if you think about closing a gap in any instance, it requires the same method, the same approach, which is there have to be initiatives and tools that accelerate that gap closing and what that looks like can vary from business to business sure absolutely absolutely do you think that new methods of recruitment need to be brought in mm. and if so if so yeah what does it look like yeah and you know i'll, I'll start by saying I, I don't at all pretend to be a recruitment expert um as i sit here talking to you about this um and i often refer to principles um, within the kind of corporate business world, which is, you know, where I've spent 20 years of my career. And, but from a real common sense and practical perspective, if you do what you always do, you always get what you always get right. And I think yeah. that um, often I've had conversations with businesses and they've said, oh, you know, I recruit um, on LinkedIn um, or other means of recruiting, but actually they're getting the same types of candidates. So, so, so what else can be done here in terms of diversifying the, you know, the, the pool of people that you're actually accessing? I think really importantly, though, is this, that recruitment is one part of the puzzle, a, a very big puzzle, because you can access diverse candidates. But if you don't have the appropriate infrastructure initiatives and education within your business, you'll still get the same people coming through and getting the jobs. So it has to be a joined up approach with who your team are, what they are, what they understand to be business, you know, business priorities and what's important, and the two interlinking. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Mm -hmm. That's for someone who's not in recruitment, that's a really good answer. It's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. It's common sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I want I'm not gonna slag off employees because it's it's nothing to slag off. It's just, you know, yeah. you can implement change. Yeah. Um, so where can people get a copy of the report? So the, the report is available on our website to download. Um, our website address is www.bihospitality.co.uk. Um, you'll find three reports available, um, but this report is available to download for free. Um, today it's been download, uh, downloaded at last check over 500 times. And this is throughout the UK, Europe and the US, Africa, South America, really far and wide, actually. And the common thread is of occupations are definitely CEOs, MDs, HR directors, usually generally senior decision makers within businesses that are downloading the report, which is positive. That's terrific. Well, hopefully more people will see this and you'll get even more downloads. So uh, let's hope, let's hope that. Yeah. Um, right, let's talk about the big glitzy event that's coming up later this year. Yeah. The Be Inclusive Hospitality Spotlight Awards yeah. have just been announced for later this year. Yeah. Where did the idea for this come from? I mean, there are lots of industry awards. Yeah, there are. What makes these different? Yeah. Um, so this idea came to actually in our first year. I was really keen to ensure that whilst we absolutely do support upward social mobility, you know, whether that is through mentorship, through workshops, through scholarships, the well-being arm of, of, of that key pillar of our business is equally as important. And by well-being, um, I mean that, and as you know, and we've talked about this in the past, I've been in the industry for 20 years. And 
over the 20 years I've worked in procurement, so very outward facing, attended every awards ceremony that there is within the industry. And my experience and personal view is that the hospitality industry often has a really narrow view of what excellence looks like and is. And our awards is launched to recognize, you know, excellent, brilliant individuals or businesses who are within the industry and are of um, of color. And it's specifically designed to be the case because in my 20 years throughout my career, I've never seen a specific industry award recognizing African food businesses or recognizing African Carib- uh, or recognizing Caribbean food businesses doesn't exist. And so when I look back over my my um, my 20 years in the industry and I have stumbled across many phenomenal chefs and restaurants from those backgrounds and origins. So if, if there's no industry award to recognize them and they don't necessarily fit into a box of what excellence looks like, you know, for large proportions of the sector, then they don't get recognized. And that that's hugely problematic. Yeah, good. Brilliant. Um, that's that's exciting in a, uh, for a start. I mean, that's 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 brilliant. Then you're going to address that. Um, you've got some really good categories there. When I when I read through the category list, I got really excited. Yeah. Um, how did you arrive at that final list? It must have been it must have been tough. And why, why do you think why do you think that these particular yeah. So I mean, you've just touched on it there. Yeah. Why do you think that those particular characters that you, categories you come up with yeah. are important to celebrate? It did take us a while to come up with, and I think that there were two things. I thought it was really important to recognise the specific cuisines um, for some of our community. But secondly, I thought it was equally as important to recognise just experts within the field, so brilliant chefs, brilliant drinks professionals, amazing pubs, amazing bars. And um, our starting point was really looking at the demographic of our community and the occupations that are made up. So we have a proportion of our community are in head office roles. We have about 25% chefs. You know, we have sommeliers, we have bartenders, we have bar owners, we have restaurant business owners. And our starting point was really, how can we best represent the industry in its entirety? Now, what I do know to be true for sure is there'll be a function that is missed or someone that doesn't feel seen. But I didn't want to end up in a position where we had 30 categories. Um, I think this is very much our first year. Um, it's our it's 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 not a sit down gala. So it's a it's in a nice bar with canapes, drinks, um, you know, amazing celebration. We were just keen to do the awards. And so I'm sure there'll be learnings that we take from this year that we'll bring on to next. But this is just our starting point And it started with the demographic of the community. Right. Honestly, that's that's really, really good. Um, there's, a, there's an award called the Rising Star award yes why is this particular one so special yeah. you know what it's, it's so funny you ask that because that excites me the most that award and the funny thing is that was added um literally like at the 11th hour right. um and it excites me the most because there are some really excellent people that i have come across either on social media or who've joined the community who were 
not only relatively young in age, but just new to the industry, irrespective of their age, that are doing phenomenal things. And they are the future of everything that we as an organisation stand for, you know, and it really excites me because awards are about supporting visibility, creating a spotlight and really amplification of, you know, brilliant people that exist within the industry. And if we can play a part in helping to shine that spotlight on the future, you know, um, next either amazing chef or sommelier or restaurant in the industry, then 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 we're very, very happy with that. When and where are the awards taking place, Lorraine? Yes. So when the awards are taking place on the 24th of April, oh, 24th oh. of April. The awards are taking place on the 24th of October of this year. They will be held at Percy's um, Kensington, which is a bar. Um, and um, it will be, as I say, an evening celebration starting at 6.30. Tickets will go on sale within the next two weeks. Um, yeah. So, and then people can go to your website to get tickets? They will be able to go to our website um, in literally two weeks to buy tickets. But in the meantime, if you have any friends, any peers or any family members that are eligible for these uh, awards, please do nominate them. Um, we're really keen to ensure that people are recognised throughout the country um, for doing brilliant things within the industry and helping to keep it buoyant and alive and thriving. Fantastic. And if people want to get involved in the work of being inclusive hospitality generally, yeah, tell us how. I mean, we're on all social uh, media um, platforms, but um, the easiest and quickest way is probably via our website, um, which I mentioned earlier. Um, also by just emailing us at contact at bihospitality.co.uk. Brilliant. Lorraine, again, it's been a joy talking to you. It really has. I love the answers you give. You're just so succinct and wonderful and, and, and insightful as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, if you've enjoyed this uh, conversation, why not subscribe to Recruiting in Hospitality? from cater.com just wherever you wherever you get your podcast just hit that subscribe button so you can be the first to hear new episodes and see them we're on youtube now unfortunately you have to put up with my mug that's the downside but the rest of it's brilliant views from across the industry follow us on twitter uh at cater.com that's cater d-o-t-c-o-m likewise on instagram follow us on linkedin and we're on facebook now we're not on TikTok yet, but <laughs> trust me, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I'll leave my 12 year old daughter to tell me how it works, which I don't <laughs> get there. Um, I've been Lance Lotner Iron and Lorraine again. Thank you so much indeed for talking to me today. It's been great. It's been great. Thanks so much. And uh, join us next time on Recruiting in Hospitality. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.